0: The book to the Thessalonians was written by Paul and Paul had already come to Thessalonica and made, or, and, and him and, and Silas had started some churches. So they got a church together there. They had got some a group of people who God had called out of darkness who loved to hear what Paul was preaching. And we know what Paul was preaching, don't we? He was preaching Christ and him crucified. He's told us that. He's told us that in other letters. I, I wish to know nothing of you, he said to the Corinthians, to say save Christ and him crucified. So Paul was preaching the gospel. And there's a group of people in Thessalonica that love to hear the gospel. But Paul and Silas, they left. They left after a certain amount of time. And, and, and Timothy had been there, and he had come to where Paul was, and he was given a report He had given a report of what was going on in Thessalonica. The foundation of this church was laid by Paul, but Timothy had come back later establishing and comforting the young converts. And then he returned to Paul with good news, good news of their faith and their love. So that's what inspired Paul in writing this epistle. And according to uh, some commentators, this was about... 51 A.D. after Christ had died. About 51 years after Christ had died. So we begin with 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. What this is Paul's regular salutation to to the churches that he has established. Even churches that he wrote to in other conditions where he was correcting them, the, the Corinthians they needed some correction. So when Paul wrote to them, he still addressed them. He still addressed them as brothers, as as those that are loved of God. The those who uh, which are in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says to them, because of that, because you're in God the Father, because you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace. And and the order is correct. The order is absolutely correct. Folks, there's no peace without grace. There's no peace in I decided to start following Christ at a certain time. There's no peace that I chose back in such and such time. To, put, to dedicate my life to Christ. No. There is only peace. In the grace of God. In calling you out of darkness. That's the only peace that will ever. Come to anyone in the world. they, they, they People have what they call peace. A false peace. Oh I trust in what I did. Uh, I know family members who trust. That their children are saved. Because they got baptized. Oh I know they're. They're homosexuals now, but God will call them out of that because because they were baptized when they were kids, and and therefore they're saved. That's the way the world thinks. They, they, they They have a false peace in what they do of their own hands. There's no peace in that. There's no true peace in that. There's only peace knowing that you are in the grace of God, that God has been gracious to you. The salutation from Paul, and Silas and Timothy to the church of Thessalonica is sent with the usual prayer. He says grace be to you and peace from the Father and the Son. That's what he says to to all of the churches. And then in verse 2 we read, we give thanks to God always for you. Making mention of you in our prayers. Do you realize that's exactly what Pastor Gene did a moment ago? I was in his prayers. He was thinking and praying about what what may be going on with John Reeves and the Lord just spoke to his heart and said call him and just tell him and so he did that blessed my heart to tears that blessed my heart my brother calling me to let me know he's praying for me making mention of me in his prayers the apostle here is giving thanks for every member of the church the Jews and the Gentiles the rich and the poor the leaders And the followers. He doesn't describe or ascribe anything to any one or the other. He doesn't ascribe anything to the free will of their to to their free will or to their decision. Nor does he ascribe anything to himself or his companions, those who preach the gospel to him, but he gives thanks and glory to God alone. What does it say there? We give thanks to God. I give thanks to God, that Pastor Gene was led to call me a moment ago and I make mention of him in my prayers as well and he assures Paul assures these dear brothers and sisters in Christ where they are that that they are in their prayers and they are for him look over, turn over, hold your place turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Paul does it again in the second letter the second epistle over in verse 13 we see, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth notice the truth that Paul is including in his prayers here, one more if you would turn over to Samuel 1 Samuel chapter 12 over in verse 23 we read this Moreover, as for me, God forbid, that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Let me read that again. Moreover, as for me, God forbid. We're talking about praying for each other. You know, I pray for you folks all the time. Our dear brother and sister up there in Reading, I pray for them. pray for Pastor Gene. Be clear about something. I don't know about you folks. You may have a private time, and and I encourage you to put some time apart for prayer. But the Lord says to pray without ceasing. That means we have conversation with Him as God our Father all the time because He's always God our Father. I'm in the shower. I'm praying. I'm, I'm walking around down by the lake yesterday. I'm praying. I'm walking out here in the yard. I'm praying. I'm walking across from the building to this building. I'm praying, Lord, be with me. Lord, be with my brother down there in San Diego. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. What a statement. Paul is saying here very clearly in our text back in Thessalonians, I am mindful of you in my prayers. Verse three, we read these words, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Isn't that what our prayers are? I mean we, we pray for our brothers and sisters. Lord, you know, be with be with uh, Roger as he's going through his procedure with the hospital when that when you were going through that part with the hospital. But but moreover, what moreover, we we remember without we remember without ceasing. Your work and your faith. Be, Lord, be with those who are coming to the church. Keep, keep them in the faith. Keep them in the work that you have before them. Strengthen them in what you have for them to do. My, Mike and Shirley were talking about their walk and how they have a, a lady that they, has invited them into their house two or three times. And, and they were saying, we need to stop and talk to her that they might share the gospel. I'm sure of it. It, That's what I would want to do. And and my prayer is that God would continue to give you strength to walk and keep you in that work that he has for you to do. Paul's saying, he's saying, I constantly remember with thanksgiving before God about you. And here's what he's talking about. He says he's talking about your work. You're energized and activated, that, that energized and activates your faith. True faith is a working grace. Faith that does not produce good works and obedience is not saving faith. And I'll prove that to you. Turn over to James chapter 2 and look with me what it says in verse 14 through 20. What doth it profit, says, say it uh, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith, by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and, are tr- and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Paul remembers them constantly in their energy and their, and their, and their desire and their zeal for, for their works. And what do their works show that their faith is in Christ? That's not talking about, oh, I'm saved because I go out and, save and, and feed the poor. Plain and simple, folks, it's this, I'm saved by the grace of God and by His grace alone. That's the good works that God does in us. He gives us the ability to cease from our own works and to rest in Him. All that other stuff will follow. All the other stuff will come with it. He also constantly remembers and gives thanks to God for them for their labors. Their labors that are motivated by love. Love to Christ and to one another. These labors will engage a believer in worship. We come together in in the labor of love to come together and worship our Lord. Do we not? We come together to, to prayer and to minister cheerfully to the needs of others labors and works motivated by anything but love is not pleasing to god then back in our text again in verse four we read these words paul saying brethren knowing brethren beloved of your election what you were chosen to do what god called you to do he first he says, my brethren is this the relationship of those in the family of god Hold your place here and look over at Mark chapter 3. He says, my brethren. And he's talking about the relationship of those in the family of God. And here we see that very clearly in Mark chapter 3, verse 31. There there came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude, multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy brother and thy brethren seek." Seek for thee, thy mother and thy brethren, seek for thee. And he answered them and said, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them that sat about him, and he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, speaking of those who are about him. For whosoever, verse 35, shall do the will of God the same as my brethren and my sister and my mother. Back in our text, these ones who are beloved of God and beloved of me, says Paul, he says, I know that God has elected you. He goes, I know that God has chosen you and foreordained you to turn to eternal life. And that this election that God has chosen is, a, is an election unto salvation. Paul then gives his reasons why he knows that they have been chosen to salvation. And that first reason we read in verse 5. For our gospel, it says came not unto you in word only, but also in power. He knows that the gospel that he preached came not only to you in the word, the word that he was preaching, but it came to you in power, calling you out of that darkness that you once walked in, calling you out of the works that you were living in, and calling you into the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and in much assurance it says as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake so here we see the manner in which the gospel came to them and he reveals their election not merely in the the external ministry of it but in the internal efficacy of it the efficiency of it the works of it through the power and the revelation of god's holy spirit i understand Roger is one of the elect, the best I can, and the best I can say is because he shows up to hear God's word. Because he declares that he believes in the grace of God. This is what Paul is saying to Thessalonica. I understand that you're an elect of God because of the power that God has done in you in revealing himself in you to the people around you. Now We, we, have, no, we have no guaranteed assurance by looking at others. We have, we struggle enough with our own selves, don't we? But to the best of my ability, as what God has shown me in your works of love, all of you, I I think I can stand pretty strong in the word that I believe you know the Lord. I believe that Mike and surely know Lord. I believe that you folks on the line there. Why? Because you keep coming back. You need the Lord as much as I do. You're not trusting in your works of showing up on Sunday morning. You're not trusting in your works of of feeding the poor. You're trusting in Christ. I see that clearly. As clearly as I can in my flesh. That's what Paul's saying here to to the Thessalonians. He's saying that I know the manner in which the gospel came unto you, and it reveals your election. Down in verse 6, we read this, and you became followers of us. See what I mean? And of the Lord. You you left your idols behind. You left your good works behind and began to trust in God's good works and His works alone. Another evidence of your election is the fact that that you received the gospel and became followers of the Lord. Going on in verse 6, it says, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Folks, God's people have always been afflicted over believing the the truth. The world hates us for that. I have family members who are, and and I bet you do too, have family members uh, who who believe in their own imaginary gods one way or another, whether it's through uh, the religion of Catholicism or Mormonism or or maybe even some of Buddhism or Islamism or whatever. Do they not point their finger at you and say you don't know what you're talking about? You're too harsh. You're too this. You're not a real you're not a believer of God. We get, we, we get persecution is really what it was. They may not come out and kill us but in a way they do. If they could take this religion away from us they would. If they could take this God away from us that we that we hold so dear to our hearts, they would. They received the word and they stood for the gospel in spite of their afflictions, in spite of the persecutions that were brought upon them by their faith. True saving faith clings to Christ and his word regardless of the consequences caused by that faith. Over in verse 7 we see a fourth thing. We see so that ye were in samples. And samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. They became witnesses, evangelists, missionaries. A person who's been chosen to salvation and brought into a living, vital union with Christ will carry a burden for all the people. He will witness to others and cheerfully support those who preach the gospel. In verse 9, we see another, we see where it says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, and this goes right along with the witness part, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that you need not speak of anything. Then verse 9, For they themselves show us, for those who have heard you preach, for those who have heard you witness, they show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the true and living God. Ye turn from your idols to love and serve God who lives and is the true God. We turn from our eternal idols, the idols of pride, the idols of self-love, the idols of lust, ambition, and rebellion, and we submit ourselves to his will and to his providence. We turn from our external idols not only of false ideas of God and religious ceremonies, but but from materialism, from families, from other earthly ties. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through, is what we sang, didn't it, Roger? We sang that Friday night. The Lord allowed us to get off after Friday night study and start talking about that political stuff going on in Texas and the federal government. Bill and I used to get off on things like that once in a while. I'd be driving around my truck and all of a sudden I'd start singing to myself and I would get two words out of my mouth, and Bill would join right in, just like you did, Roger. This world is not my home; I'm just passing through. And then verse ten. Look with me at verse ten. We'll bring this to a close. And to wait for his son from heaven. This is another reason. the The, the next reason that Paul gives for declaring why he's remembering them. Why is he not? Why is he remembering without ceasing? The work and the of their faith and the labor of their love and the patience of hope that they have in the Lord Jesus and in the sight of God their Father. Why? Because and to because you wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You're waiting for His return. You look forward to and you await the return of our Savior who died for our sins, who was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He will come again. You believe this and you wait for it. His coming. Look over, if you would, at Acts chapter 1. Let's close with that. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. Two verses, 10 and 11. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I hope the Lord blessed you with that short little study there. And I, hope, I pray that you would continue praying for me as uh, I go about studying to bring you messages.